Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Episode number two, guys. I love, I love the pose. Sobo was drinking already. Episode number two of the Brawl podcast. Brawl football? What the hell's the Brawl name? I don't know. Why did they get rid of football? That's the part that bothers me. Like... How the fuck does anyone know? So it was Brawl Pro Football, and then they got rid of the football? Yeah, like, but if you're just looking through podcasts, how do you know what we are? This is a Brawl Network production. Really been, been able to develop a strong hatred for one another. This is the Brawl Pro Podcast. To be clear, I like Gary. Oh, okay. Here are your hosts, Brent Sibleski, Gary Davenport, and Brad Gagnon. This is the super tired, somewhat confused version of the Brawl Pro. Wait a minute. They're all fairly tired and they're all very confused. They're going to be that way all the time. But this may be, may be a little extra. Sobo, uh, nothing to be concerned about, but he spent the whole day in a hospital. So he's exhausted. Um, again, no alarms there, but he was in the hospital. So he's, a, he's, a, he's exhausted from that. He is drinking, though, which is par for the course. Um, Mr. Gary Davenport is... Mr. Gary Davenport, I don't think he gets tired. He works 25 hours a day and, and he's good to go for us right now. And uh, I'm Brad Gagno. Um, Mike Brez, our producer, uh, may be stopping in at some point. But regardless, the three of us are ready to go for episode number two of the Brawl Pro podcast, where we talk pretty much everything NFL, as much controversy as we can get in there and as much takes and as hot as takes as we can get. Boys, uh, it's March 1st when we're recording this anyway. And, uh, shit's crazy like i know it always is in the nfl offseason but this offseason in particular feels like we're off to this insane start and you know we got the jj watt signing out of the way now and, and now we have franchise tags and then and we don't even have the combine this year which, which would make it even crazier i suppose the the one kind of interesting uh storyline that i think's flown under the radar but might make it just a little bit crazier um which is i heard lamar jackson and the ravens are far apart in contract talks are we going to start looking at like blockbuster new deals for quarterbacks on top of everything else? Is it like quarterbacks are all changing teams, 
but are we going to start seeing these huge deals come down for Lamar and your boy Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen after their third years have just expired? Is this going to happen? Is this crazy considering Carson Wentz and Jared Goff and what just happened with them after two spoiled years after they signed their big deals? Um, is that the next wrench into this offseason? And should it be the next wrench in this offseason, Brent Sobleski? I don't think it's a wrench. I think it's smart business. And let me give you two reasons why. Well, two words as to why. Restrictive market. And because of the shrinking salary cap and getting into these deals potentially early before the fifth-year option, you can get team-friendly signings now to save you literally tens of millions of dollars instead of waiting this out, letting the rookie contracts go beyond the fifth-year option, and then potentially placing yourselves in a situation like the Dallas Cowboys are with Dak Prescott. Is there potential to backfire? Absolutely. I'm not arguing against that whatsoever. But at the same time, if you're looking at it from a financial perspective and roster building for general managers, it makes as much sense to pick up that fifth-year option and extend these quarterbacks now to get a better price than you will a year or two from, from this point in time. Yeah, but right now, I mean, okay, let's take Josh Allen, for instance. First couple of years, kind of up and down. Third year was fantastic. I mean, to his credit. Do you really think the Bills are going to get any kind of real discount signing him heading into his fourth year as opposed to if they waited another year? I mean, I think we're talking about roughly the same amount of money. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe a guy like Baker Mayfield, you could make the argument, okay, if we sign him now, he has a great fourth year, it looks like a bargain. But Allen's already had, you know, Baker hasn't had that breakout season that Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen already had. So I just, I don't know that there's really any money to be saved. And I'm not saying don't go ahead and sign the guys. I'm just, it, it, you're going to pay one way or the other. You know, it's funny. I've seen this argument in a few places. It's like the salary cap, the cap is going to explode again, right? It, it's coming down a little bit this off season in particular, and it's going to skyrocket next year. The TV deals with, with ESPN in particular, but also probably NBC, CBS, um, and who's the other one? Fox. Those are going to kick in. Um, and all of a sudden the skyrocket, the, the salary cap is going to shoot up and that's going to make these guys a lot more expensive. They know in the negotiating process right now, that's part of it. These agents aren't stupid. Their players aren't. So they know that's already part of that equation. I don't think that's any incentive to get this done right now. You're not all of a sudden going to be laughing next offseason saying, ha ha, look at the deal we got on this guy. And then uh, sure enough, uh, the, the salary cap shot up by 30% into the $220 million range potentially. And now all of a sudden this looks like a massive discount. They're going to expect that kind of deal now, knowing that that's going to happen in the future. That's all part of this negotiating process. My only thing is, like, so, but you're right. In a year or two, it's likely going to cost more. And if it, if in a year or two they haven't panned out, then at least you just walk away. But you control these guys realistically for seven years. It, it's incredibly disadvantageous for the player, especially with the fifth year option if you're a first round pick, um, which Lamar would have been, frankly, better off being picked only a few slots later. Um, but it, for those purposes. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting that. You want to go five years with the fifth year option. You want to franchise tag them. You can do it. And that seventh year, that next franchise tag, technically you're still probably saving money compared to what you would have in a long-term deal. And you're not risking as much over the long-term. Now you're not getting them year eight. Probably they're going to Kirk cousins you and get the heck out because they're pissed off that you've been doing it to them. But it is, it is sort of a card in their, in, in, in favor of the team. Now I get where you're coming from. And I understand it from that perspective, but what I'm saying is this, you have to look at it from those price points okay 
And so once you start stacking those seasons, that price escalates each and every year. And so even if you utilize those controllable years, as you're mentioning, Brad, you're still talking two back-to-back franchise tags, almost $70 million. And even if you don't go back-to-back franchise tags, the upper limits of an annual salary is going to hover around $40 million. At least those are what we're hearing bandied about with Dak Prescott. So if you have an opportunity and truly believe in a quarterback, and that's absolutely key. Look, we can't predict the future. You can only go by what you have in a belief as an organization and an individual and you can get them at a reduced price, whether it be $5 million less a season over the, for over the length of the contract, then you're doing yourself a favor in the ability to extend your roster to and essentially share, uh, share the wealth. That's the word. That's what I'm looking for. Because up until this year. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the NFL. But. If you look at it, what Tom Brady this year was the first quarterback, what is it, 19% of the salary cap? Usually when you make those gigantic investments, especially the top tier guys, you're not winning at a high level anymore, or at least you're not winning Super Bowls. And so you ha- it's, it's preferable to your station as an organization to try to get this done sooner rather than later. That way you can continue to build around. I mean, let's not forget, even if you extend these guys, you're still having them multiple years before you actually get into that extension you're yeah, still going to cost nothing right now yeah still. you're still going to have year four you're still going to have your fifth year option that you're going to pick up you're not in it's three years from now you're, you're going to start paying them and if you, it doesn't work out then you can get you can still move them because we've seen that as proof positive this offseason with jared Goff and carson wentz last time a quarterback with one of the three highest cap hits in the nfl at his position won the super bowl was Steve Young in 1994 with the San Francisco 49ers, which is the dawn of the salary cap and free agency era. So realistically, modern NFL, it doesn't happen. Brady was close. I think Brady was fourth or fifth uh, in in that uh, regard. Eli Manning was, I think, uh, third or fourth or fifth as well uh, a decade ago. In the meantime, look at Aaron Rodgers gets his new deal. Never happens again. Um, Russell Wilson gets his new deal. Hasn't happened since. Now, all of a sudden, he wants out. It's amazing how fast things do crumble. I think you use the word crumble. They can crumble quickly. And the thing is, so it happens either way. It does, doesn't it? Like, yeah. if you sign them now, it's in a couple of years, they become like, too expensive. If you don't sign them now, the franchise tag is equally as kills you in, in the same fashion. Well, Gary, real quick, just to Brad's point. You mentioned Tom Brady, and yes, he's the first one at, what, 19% of the salary cap, as you stated, as high as he was with his overall cap hit. But at the same time, they win a championship. What's the first thing everyone's talking about? An extension. Why do you do an extension? To lower the salary cap hit. That's that's yeah. part of the reason that you, you have to operate to keep that under control at that position. So you got Lamar. The three guys were obviously talking about Lamar. I mean, Baker Mayfield. Um questions about Josh Rosen. No, I'm kidding. Um, Lamar Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen are the three guys. Lamar's been an MVP. I'm not going to scoff at them giving him a deal. I think the the two guys I would wait on are Allen. And and you're right, Gary, you mentioned Allen's had at least that full year. Mayfield's had a nice stretch, but not really even one full season like that where he's broken out. I think I need to wait on Allen. And I think I really need to wait on Mayfield and I think at this point, if you if you feel like Lamar, who, again, the youngest MVP at the quarterback position in NFL history, you might want to pull the trigger there. 
Um, but the other two I'm waiting on. What do you guys think? I'm not tripping over myself to extend any of them. We've only seen one great year out of Josh Allen. We haven't had a great year out of Baker Mayfield. And as electrifying a talent as Lamar Jackson is, it, I'm going to hand him 40 plus million dollars a season. Is he the guy who's going to take you to multiple Super Bowls? Is he, he going to take that next step as a passer? He could be Carson Wentz in two years, and he but he could also be the best quarterback in the league. Is that? Do you guys agree with that? Like he could he could bust. He could, in my opinion, he could become a complete bust still. And so could Mayfield. I know that pisses you off a bit, so but both those guys could become complete bust. It can, it's beyond that for Jackson already. That's that's applicable to any quarterback. Look, even Patrick Mahomes could get hurt and something goes wrong, and he's not. Well, besides the the doomsday scenario, uh, it's essentially like if investing in the stock market. You're 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 trying to buy low so you can get the highs in the return on that, and that that's the way the general managers have to look at it. And why I believe that it would make sense from purely a financial and team building perspective to look at to sign these guys early rather than wait to they stack a few nice years together and the market changes. You have to take advantage of what's in front of you right now. So uh, Lamar Jackson is GameStop. Uh, Josh Allen is AMC. And uh, one of those other boom stocks can apply to Baker Mayfield, uh, NBA top shot. That's what it's about. <laughs> um, Go out there and buy fake cards of highlights you can find on TV. Good, good job, people. That's really, really brilliant. <laughs> I, I, apparently it's a, uh, I've heard good and bad. I don't know. I'm not enough of a, I, I'm not hey, enough. Someone's of making money off it. So that's it's true. easy to make money when you can full a uh, part of fool from, from his ways. Right. Isn't that how it goes? Yeah, can, uh, can I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I, you can, you can not like me for saying it. I think it's dumb. I think it's the wrong place to invest, but what do I know? I'm a lonely journalist who makes barely any money anyway. I still want Brez to cut just that clip of you saying it's easy to make money. And then just cut that. That's just the <laughs> one clip of you. So it's easy to make money. It's easy to make money. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, money, money. Big money, big money in the NFL scouting combine. Guys, you guys saw this tweet, I'm sure, because it got a lot of traction. Daniel Jeremiah, really good uh, 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 analyst with the NFL Network, says two to three years, no one's going to care about – 40 times the combine, which is really, let's face it, one of the centerpieces of the combine um, because of GPS data. Um, and I would imagine technology is going to continue to sort of uh, make an inroads that's going to uh, kind of stomp on things like the combine. I'm not, you know, I know so well you're a big combine guy because you're a big draft guy, Gary. I'm not sure where you stand. I am one of those guys who thinks it's a lot of a lot of kind of pop and circumstance, which is hilarious because it's, it's, there's nothing that's pomp about it anyway. Um is have we seen the best of the combine? Is the combine now, especially this year, maybe a kind of a a, a drop off point where it's not even really happening, and then next year all of a sudden data's come into it more, become more of a factor. Is that behind us where it was like this huge? I mean, they just moved to prime time, but is, did they peak? No, not at all. And the reason why is because it's been presented incorrectly for years. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. And the reason What's it I been stay- presented at. 
it, because it, it is what you're stating. It is presented as the big events when you're looking at not just 40 times, but how many times have we seen in the weight room with them pushing up 225 um, and the coaches yelling at them and everyone cheering and so on and so forth. You know, you're looking at the on-field stuff. And, and that's great for television. But the importance of the combine has never been the on-field testing at any point. And the, real, the reality is the combine forever has been most important based on cohesive medicals across the board, interviews at night. And then for the NFL in general, it's one of the great networking weeks of the entire year where free agency begins. I mean, <clears throat> um, non-legal yeah. tampering, whatever that is, starts. So I, I know – and I, I love the combine. And yes, people want to watch it 40 times they, and all that stuff, it, I, I think, could potentially go away. But the combine itself doesn't because it serves a, a valuable purpose for NFL standards. And, I, and I'll give you a reason why, because we look at the onus of the pro days this year and how teams are going to get measurements from uh, teams, uh, from even some like Exos just put together a pro day. Uh, one of the workout facilities. And if you go, and this was actually posted by former uh, NFL general manager, Mike Tannenbaum. It's a great, it's a great, um, a great picture of the metrics. The pro day averages are drastically different than what we see combine averages, because there's no, there's, there's no, no way to look at them as a cohesive group of numbers when you're in different situations and different locations and working with different people and that's what really the value of the combine is putting everyone in that pressure cooker at the same time and see how they respond and and the nfl scouts and decision makers get to see it up close i mean it doesn't necessarily mean you have to want to run a grade 40 but if you do so and in the pressure packed situation that's a positive it doesn't have to be a four, three, it, it could be a four five. If you're a big wide receiver, so on and so forth. So I think there, it still has a lot of merit, a lot of value for the league as a whole, and that we shouldn't overlook it just because we're going through an off season where we can kind of get away with it. I think we, we in the media and fans, we already put too much import on the combine workouts as opposed to NFL teams. Most of these players, you've got tape. Don't lie. They've got tape mm -hmm. out the, now, if a guy runs just an awful 40, maybe that will give a scout pause and say, okay, I got to go back and look at the tape of this game and see, you know, what am I missing? It doesn't mean the combine is going to go away because, like Sobo said, it's a chance for agents and teams to all get together and chew the fat and, you know, tamper. Although they would never do something like that, it would be wrong. And it's a chance for agents and prospects. And it's also, it's a TV event. I mean, they'll keep it on for no other reason than that. They'll have kids running 40-yard dash if for no other reason than to put that 40-yard dash on the NFL network on a Saturday night at 8 o'clock p.m. because it'll draw better ratings than an NBA playoff game. It's incredible. It's it's unbelievable, the ratings. that Anything the NFL – I mean, so we'll get you started soon, probably in the next six weeks or so on the schedule release because we'll have a podcast just dedicated to the schedule release and the import that comes with that. I forgot. I'm, I'm going to be sick that day. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. This is the thing. It's kind of ironic. Wait a second. A is it going to be a 16 game schedule or a 17 game well, schedule? That's, that's a good, that's a segue right there. My only last thought though on, on the combine is just kind of funny that in the seventies and the eighties, it was probably more needed. 
and more relevant because you didn't have that instant tape. You didn't have it on your phone. You and scouts just pulling this up on their iPads to watch tape. This was a chance to get to see the guys. It wasn't a big deal back then. Now, all of a sudden, it's not that relevant. It's not needed, but it's already become such a spectacle, as you mentioned, Gary. And yeah, it's needed for certain things. It's not needed for the stuff that, that we actually focus on. We talked about the 40 times and stuff, and and that's probably what it's needed for the least amount out of the all the, the you know the things we consider using it for. But you, you did mention this the 17 game goddamn schedule. I, I don't know. I, I, more football is good, I guess. But guys, like so, Peter King, um, uh, NBC Sports, he says it's looking like it's headed in that direction. Total paraphrasing here. I don't have any specific notes on what he said in his uh, in his column Monday. I, I mean, I'm an OCD guy. I like nice even numbers. I like 16. I like records being kind of held in check, and that all of a sudden every cumulative base record is broken because you have an extra game to do it. Um, it's weird having nine road games versus eight home games or having a neutral site game for every team. There's a lot of stuff that just bothers my brain about it. Um, but also it's more football. It's more money. It's also our careers, which I'm not complaining about more opportunities to write about this game and watch and experience and absorb this game, but it doesn't sit that well with me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just fearing change. I, I, I don't know. Well, it's simple. It's revenue period. And that's exactly what they're using, utilizing it for is with these negotiations uh, with the new TV deals. You mentioned it earlier, all the, what, $2.2 billion a season through all the different networks. And I think ESPN, or excuse me, Disney was $2.6 billion because they'll have rights now to, uh, to air the Super Bowl on certain, certain years. So we're talking $8.6 billion total for it, these negotiations which are, are basically double what they were getting previously and so th- that's the amazing part of the nfl right now is that they are basically teflon and i know the ratings went down slightly but if you compare that to other leagues i mean it's unbelievable how well the nfl's held up comparatively when it, when when you're looking at the nba mlb nascar the kentucky derby so on and so forth these used to be big time events and now they're just not drawing people the same way football still does and that and that's and that's what it comes down to they get that extra game that extra regular season game not the preseason and we're going to have that conversation eventually i just know it brad i know it it's coming about the preseason Um, preseason but what bothers me about it is this the players are caving is essentially what it comes down to because their deal doesn't change unless the owners are willing to re, uh, the renegotiate the CBA, and yet they're still going to play the extra game. When they know, and everyone knows, that the more games you play, the harder it is on your body, the harder it is to stay healthy, the more difficult it is to stress player safety in the NFL when you're playing more games. And so that's really what's problematic to me. I don't care about the game unto itself. I think the players are caving far too easily on this when they could have used it as a major negotiating tactic in, in this last round of the CBA. I hate the odd number of games. I hate the idea of there being, like you said, nine pro games and eight home or, or vice versa. It's just screwy to me. But I, and how long is it really going to stay that way? I mean, 18. As soon just as, go to 18 now. Uh, well, it's, it's coming. Three or four years. It may not even take that long. As soon as they, okay, 17, 18 is right around the corner. And you then it'll be well. three or four more years. And they'll be like, 
Well, you know, is 20 really <laughs> that much more than 18? <laughs> the baseball has 162. Let's just let's just do 40. Let's just do 40. It's a quarter of that. <laughs> no one wants to see the Blue Jays play 162 games. No one. No <laughs> one wants to see that team up there play that many games. Uh, it gives me I'm an Indians fan, and I don't even want to watch the Indians <laughs> play 162 games. No, that's a whole different conversation. Of $11. My, my one of my only times in your guys' home state was for uh, the ALCS in 2016. I'm a Blue Jays fan. I went down there to see them play the Indians. Games one and two of that series, I went down. The Jays lost. I believe it was one nothing, and two to one. I saw them score one run. I, I traveled across the border, what of six seven hours, to watch my team score one run in two games, and that was my experience. And then I got just hassled the entire way out in my Jays jersey by by tr- a lot of Trumpers. It was funny. It was around that time, 2016. And so, you know, it, I know Ohio is a swing state, but I got a lot of Trump stuff for whatever reason at me in, in that specific moment. And I just kind of plugged it out. And they did buy me a lot of drinks afterwards because when you beat the team, it's a little easier to, to kind of be like, oh, here's <laughs> a drink on me. So I, I had a few beers on some, some Indians fans. We Brez went totally gonna, off the rails Brez on is, that one. Brez is going to cut that part out. Um, you know, it's funny. Sobo and I have not really thrown down yet. It's almost happened on a couple occasions, but it's gonna happen. Um, gotta remind people, hit the subscribe button, subscribe to the pod, share it with some people, some family, some friends, because eventually there's gonna be a moment that's gonna have to go on YouTube where Sobo or I just rip into each other and Gary is the officiator and uh, it's going to get really ugly. It's going to get I'm ugly. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit back and watch. Shit. Can Fine. I take a tangent real quick, gentlemen? No. Oh, God. Uh, please do. Please do. No, I'm, I'm in all seriousness. Look, I, I, you guys know I was busy today, but I was still looking at social media throughout the day to see what, what was going on. Obviously, the J.J. Watt news. But the, what was the other big conversation today? It was, should you volunteer your services to get into this business so i'm actually curious how everyone here started in sports journalism because i look i don't know about you guys and i know this is a tangent way off of what we were discussing but it was a hot topic today so i'm I'm, i didn't see that yeah so for me i don't have a journalism degree and people ask me all the time how do you become get do what you do and i my response the same every time you can't replicate what i did Meaning, I went from I, having a history degree. I worked with two college programs to kind of get my base my fo- uh, for football knowledge uh, after I stopped playing. And then I got to the point where I just wrote online for basically a decade while working odd jobs, mainly for all the video store chains. Yes, those things, those things that used to exist, you know, that those, those ones where you go rent movies and come back with one and hopefully not porn, but probably just a Disney movie. I worked at those stores. Oh, by the way, fun note about me. I worked in the number one porn renting store in the state of Ohio. Yes, I did. Okay. Easy to make money. Um, <laughs> and from there, I got onto a local newspaper and that's kind of when it took off for me when I got that traditional background. But I spent lots of time not getting paid or paid very, very little to get, kind of get my foot in the door. And I know a lot of people think it's a societal issue. I don't come from a well-off family. I don't come from a, 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 a even a middle-class town. So I know how, how, how hard it is. I've been through it. Uh, I just, I, I was kind of curious for each of you, how you went through that process to kind of get where we are today. I, uh, 
got into fantasy football, started writing about it a little bit for a couple of different sites. And then a friend of mine and I decided that rather write for other people for free, if we were going to do it and not get paid for it, we might as well just start our own site. So we started Fantasy Football Oasis. I think that was 2009. By 2011 or so, I'd been noticed by a couple by fantasy sports publications that I still do some work for and by fantasy sharks that I'm still at. And then that fall of 2011, when you could just submit content to Bleacher Report, and if they liked it, they'd publish it. If they really liked it, then maybe they'd kick you a few bucks to write for them. I submitted something and started at BR. Yeah, so it's interesting, right? We all have very different kind of paths. Mine was much more traditional. It was journalism school, that whole standard gambit, and uh, started working at a big TV station in, in Canada, in Toronto, and then I started blogging NFL for their website. Um, and, and sure enough, I you know kind of built my way up toward toward uh, joining Bleacher Report in 2012. In that process, actually, even to get into that TV station in Toronto, I was a unpaid uh, everything at Roger at a, at a small television station in in suburban Toronto. And and I was lucky enough to have the means to do that, and that I could go to school and and uh, and work on the side. It was hard work, but I was still doing something that wasn't paying me. Some people, you know, you have to you know, pay your way through school and, and you have to work on the fly and get paid. So I was lucky enough to have that. And that's why, you know, this industry is considered somewhat of a privileged industry in, in many cases, because some people can't afford to do that unpaid internship to go down that road. I went down that road. I was lucky enough to do it. I used that experience and, and leveraged that into to the score.com where I was and then into Bleacher Report. So I made that, 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 uh, that I, I pulled that off and it was luck slash, some skill slash being in the right place at the right time, all the stuff that you always hear about it and having the means to an extent. Here's my question to piggyback off your question. So Bo, after we just went through these, you know, what, how we got here. Uh, I, I talk to kids, all the to kids, people in their early twenties, probably generally who reach out to me about doing what we do and they'll say, what do I do? And there's part of me. Sometimes it's like find another industry. A lot of people, I don't think they think they just want to get in so they can, you watch sports for a living? Oh, that's sick, man. I want to do that. And that is not the mentality at all. Yeah. It can't I wish be. I could. I'll bet you guys only work, you know, four nice months a 40 year. 40 hour week. And yeah, yeah that'd be nice. I get, days. I, I get that all the time. People say to me, and, and people that will probably listen to this podcast, and I, I joke with them when they ask me, this is what do you do now? That it's. You know, it's Super Bowl is over. What do you do until September? And the NFL is never, it never ends. It never stops. And nor do our hours. In fact, we, I think we work more in the off season than we do in the regular season hours per week. I would say maybe not Gary, but (laughs) with his fantasy, but it's crazy how it doesn't ever really stop. You hit on it, Brad. Three things, patience, passion, persistence. Those are the things that get you where you want to go because, and it's not just in our field. That's, that is almost at any level uh, for, any walk of life because you're not you're not just going to walk out of a college program or anything and just be handed the job you think you deserve it just doesn't work that way i was fortunate i stumbled into something that i didn't think i ever wanted i didn't ever dream of being a writer i wanted to be and i wanted to be in the industry i wanted to be around football but my background was traditional from 
an old school football way to learning from coaches, to being on the field, to being in film rooms and, and putting in that time. And yeah, I made coffee. I did, <laughs> I did Xeroxes back in the day. You worked I in porn. How, what's that? You basically worked in porn. Yeah. I, while I oh, there's no, basically, <laughs> there's no, basically. He... Look, I will tell you one thing. This is the last thing I want to say on this subject that we can go on. When you have to do inventory for porn, you want to you uh, you go cross-eyed after a while after seeing all them things over and over again you're just like oh my god <laughs> so there's there is no way to segue and the next topic is ben roethlisberger so i'm not even going to go down a path of segueing from from where we were to big ben speaking of big ben take care of him and the rest of your body with the manscape performance package this is the real deal this comes with the weed whacker the ear and nose hair trimmer with the skin safe technology it has the lawnmower to take care of everywhere on your body from your face to your butt to your balls to your body making getting rid of all the unwanted hair and let's not forget the famous liquid formulations the crop preserver the ball deodorant the crop reviver ball toner this makes the ladies coming back when you do it right right now you get a free travel bag and the best set of boxers you ever had for free but right now is a very special time of year because right now your purchase goes towards a good cause because they partnered with the goat Alex Caruso and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection everywhere. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common forms of cancer in men 15 through 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of the We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% and free shipping with the code BRAWL at manscaped.com again that's manscaped.com coupon code brawl for an extra 20 percent off and free fast shipping back to you guys sobo brad and gary Talk about the oh there's a way we could segue there's there are ways I know, oh, there are a why, few uh, we'll I know, family that's friendly why, though that's why i'm not even touching that in his case in that's what she said um <laughs> All right, but yeah, seriously, that's 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 my final thing I wanted to chat with about today. Uh, this wait, contract. Wait. I want my beer. Can we talk about oh, yeah. a beer? Yeah, shit, I don't have one. Uh, I'm with Gary this week. Um, yours is light. I can yeah. see for people yeah. that aren't watching. You can tell us. Please. Well, I, I, since I drank the ninety percent of it already while we're sitting here, I, I you guys made fun of me last week, so I decided to go from one end of the spectrum to the other. This is an eight ABV double. IPA from Hightower Brewing, which is a local brewery from a buddy that I grew up with. He's doing wonderful, absolutely smashing it. He's going to have his four-year anniversary soon, but this is a hazy IPA, beautiful with citrus hops, just a nice, easy drinker as compared to last week's high-gravity Russian Imperial Stout, which is generally my wheelhouse. But I'll throw in all kinds of different stuff when we go through this podcast. Right now, I just felt like a good, solid IPA tonight. In the future, it would have been nice if I had remembered the beer uh, chat that we want to have because that would have been an easier transition, I think, to Ben Roethlisberger and his uh, oh. the state of <laughs> Gary Smirks. Alcohol is much easier than porn. Yes, always. Um, I'm not, no beer because, okay, so guys, I, I made a, 
a purchase with the wife uh, in the new house. And I don't want to hear I'm, it. I'm obsessed. And uh, I, because the early stages, and I got, I got, I went down the, I'm in the Peloton cult now. KJ Watt. And I need to work out still later. And so I can't go, I can't, I would never be able to start measuring the K of the KJs would fall off if I was to have a beer before hopping on that thing. So basically I've become, I've joined the the cult and uh, it's going to be collecting dust in three to four weeks. I'm fat. So I just accept it. (laughs) I haven't gotten on a bicycle stationary or otherwise in 35 years. (laughs) 30, 35 years. Uh, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger has either. There's the transition. Getting on a bike. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, not in great shape for an NFL quarterback. Uh, uh, let's at least say that. He has a strong arm. So uh, there's this, you know, there's this chatter now about his contract. Let's get this out of the way before before we go. We got to chat about Ben because it's been pissing me off a little bit. Um, he should have been. They should have moved on last off season. I I wrote that and got crushed. I, I went on Pittsburgh radio and they, they basically were ready to set me up and, and they had a great time just killing me for it. And, and 11 weeks into this season, I looked not like an idiot based on that take, but they were 11 and 0. So it was enough. He wasn't playing great. He really wasn't, but people were, you know, the defense was disguising it and whatnot. And then of course he just, it all hits the fan, the final five weeks of the regular season. And then they, they lose to your guys Browns in the playoffs in embarrassing fashion. He throws four interceptions. It's safe to say last year, my, my take was edgy, arguably hot this year. I don't think it's a hot take anymore. I think the Steelers are better off because they're not winning the Super Bowl in 2021 with Ben or not. They're too tight for cash. They're going to lose Bud Dupree. If they do that, they might lose their left tackle. If they, if they give him big money, um, if they give Ben big money, Marquise Pouncey is already retired. This team is just not going to be the same. Um, and I don't think that they're a contender to begin with. So why waste a year? Why waste the money? Why waste the time? Why not go into the draft? Trey Lance's stock is dropping. Why not get Marcus Mariota from, from uh, the Raiders or get Derek Carr even from the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, somebody, Sam Darnold. I say you just, you swing the damn bat right now in a wild off season at one or more of those quarterbacks. You let Te- uh, 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 Ben walk or, uh, you trade them or you let them retire, whatever it might be. I think now is they're going to probably not listen to my advice for the second straight year. I think this is the time to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. Well, I know the feeling, Brad, because I wrote after they were 11 0 that they were one of the, they were the worst undefeated team we've seen in NFL history. And boy, did I get lambasted that week. And then they lost. And then they lost again. And then they lost. It and guess good, what? Didn't it? Those seven people don't show up again once that starts happening. Yeah, they disappear <laughs> real quick. Um, I agree. I, I'm sorry. I, I know you want me to argue with you, but they should have ripped no, we the can't, mandate we off. Can't, we can't make, we, these are organic arguments. We can't force them. We agree no. once in a while. We agree. That's that's cool. But, I still don't like you. I understand that. You're skinny on a Peloton. I'm fat and happy. So, I mean, what's, we're exact opposites. <laughs> but it comes down to really money again, right? And then that's what we keep talking about. No matter what the Steelers are going to eat, what, $24 million? Is, 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 no matter how they structure this deal, they have to. I think it's 21 but, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a very large number, no matter which way they, it's not 41 as where they currently stand, but it's still a, a very, very large portion of their salary cap, which even with his deal and renegotiated, they're still not under the projected salary cap. So there's going to be further moves that they have to make. And that's, it's, it's what it comes down to. If he says he's not going to retire, 
you have to eat it. That's just the way it is. And that's the unfortunate part about it for Pittsburgh. And it's their own fault. That's that, that's really where they stand. This is going to be three straight off seasons where they have not prepared a true era parent to the, to the most prolific quarterback in franchise history. And the second he blew out that elbow to his throwing arm, by the way, you should have had plans on, you know, essentially working away from Big Ben, and they didn't do it. And that's just an utter failure by the organization. Oh, when Jameis Winston was let go by Tampa, Pittsburgh just leaped out to me as a team that should be kicking the tires on a guy like Jameis Winston at the time. They're not going to move on from Ben. I mean, whether it's the right decision or not, they're definitely not going to do it this year. And I don't know if there's a 50% chance they'll do it in 2022, assuming that they make it through 2021 and say they're nine and seven or eight and eight. They'll somehow, because they don't have the guts to, like you said, rip the Band-Aid off and start the rebuild that is coming. Rather than do that, they'll convince themselves, hey, you know, we're not that just a couple games away from being a playoff team. And once you get in, hey, 2020, we won our first 11 games. We could be really good, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think the Steelers are going to be hard-pressed to win eight games in 2021. And if they do go, you know, six and ten, then I think they're going to take a hard look at the future of the team and Roethlisberger's future. But so long as they can stay even a marginal playoff contender, Roethlisberger's going to be their quarterback. Yeah, uh, go ahead. So They're making the same mistake Arizona just made. And it's not because they went out and got a quality defensive end because J.J. Watt is still a quality defensive end. It's the assumption that you're one or two players away from being that team again. They're not. Arizona's not. And that's maybe the most most surprising element of that signing. It's not that J.J. decided to go to Arizona, although that was a bit off the radar comparatively, but we saw the type of money, and it makes sense from that regard. But at the same time, he's not going into a situation where we thought he was looking to essentially sign with a Super Bowl contender. Arizona's talented, but they were a fringe playoff team at best last year, and they still have plenty of work to do on that roster. So on the reciprocal with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they think they can keep moving forward with the wrong quarterback and still remain in contention when all they're doing is slowly and utterly falling into the abyss that is NFL limbo. But I, I do think there's a there's a difference in the two situations, I think. I think for starters, the Steelers aren't a player or two away. You're right. Um, but by 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 giving Ben, say, another 10, 20, like right now it's supposed to be more than $20 million in excess of the 21 or so we mentioned. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you know what I mean, in that general range. Um, giving him that money means – Robert Spillane is probably your number two edge rusher opposite TJ Watt. Um, it probably means that Alex uh, you're losing your uh, sure, but you know what I mean? Your, your, your Bud Dupree's gone is what I'm really yeah, getting at here. Um, you're losing Villanueva at left tackle, very likely. Um, you've already lost Pouncey. They're losing Juju. guys to, to bring him back. Uh, They're not Juju. even a, a player or two. Juju Smith Schuster, um, one of four. <laughs> I'm going to try that again. They'll pick it up and edit, maybe. Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, don't, Juju you know what? don't edit that. Schuster. Don't edit that now. Just leave it it's in even, now. It's yeah. even more beautiful. Uh, Juju. You sure you um, haven't been drinking? Juju is one of, of four very decent, talented receivers on that roster. He might be gone as well. Um, Arizona, I mean, if Chandler, they're, they're betting that Kyler Murray takes the leap in year three. 
that DeAndre Hopkins is even better after a proper offseason there in year two and working with, with Murray, and that uh, most importantly, both Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt stay healthy. If that's the case, and those guys are as good as they've been in recent years, and Murray takes that next step with Hopkins, I think Arizona could be a contender. I think they could potentially make a run, not all too different than the run we saw from the Bucks this year, of runs we've seen from, from teams kind of suddenly in years past. Whereas um, in this case, we're talking about, in Pittsburgh's case, I think we're talking about clinging to a window that is already shot and they think might be slightly open. I think that's that's the main difference for me. Yeah, but look at it this way. J.J. Watt, 32. Chandler Jones, 32. Yeah. You know, they have no secondary to speak of whatsoever. They're expected to move on from Patrick Peterson. Yes, you have Kyler Murray, and he's an exceptional talent, don't get me wrong. But also, you're talking about Larry Fitzgerald. Does he retire? So, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is right on that 30 plateau. This isn't a necessarily a young team either. And so, when you invest what they did, that's what really surprised me. It's not that Watt isn't someone that many teams wanted but we're talking 31 over two years and 23 guarantees the reported numbers i thought that he was going to get 23 total not guaranteed money and that's really what's surprising is that he didn't take much of a haircut when it came to this contract sign i think it says a lot about where he landed and why he went there oh yeah i think he Arizona came with that offer and all of a sudden the idea of, you know, I want the right, I want to play for a contender. I want to wait 23 million guaranteed. You said for <laughs> two years, you said weather's nice in Arizona, right? I, I think the watch signing closes the gap between Arizona and Seattle. To me, the Rams are probably still the best team in that division on paper. If only because I expect Matt Stafford to have some success there. So I would put the Rams would be my number, my number one in the NFC West. And then Seattle and Arizona ask me again once we get a little farther into the offseason. All right. So we're actually in agreement on Ben Roethlisberger at the very least. Arizona, we'll see. J.J. Watt, we'll see. Um, I'm pissed at J.J. Watt. He was supposed to go to Cleveland. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I'm detecting a little bit of frustration from you guys. I mean, no, that was the – It's not even that, Brad. It really isn't. It's it's like why do you go there other than the money? The big, I mean, let's be blatantly honest. I well, there's Arizona. no other – I, I, I really? like Arizona, but Cleveland can afford it. I think, I think Arizona is a contending team. I think you're allowed to call Are, them are they as far so? as long as Cleveland and Buffalo are right now? It sounds so ridiculous to even ever phrase it that way. I know, but <laughs> is they it? as far along as the Bills and the Browns? I, but it's true, though, right? I, that they're further along in their maturation as an organization. Arizona's Dollar, pass defense is a problem. Dollars, dollars being the same, I agree with you guys. I'll give you that. But if you're getting a couple million more to go to Arizona, team up with DeAndre, your, your former teammate, um, and you're right, the weather compared to Buffalo and Cleveland, all that, then yeah. And also, I don't think he wanted to necessarily go up against his brother. It, it might be almost like the Peyton Eli thing, right? Where they didn't want to, like, does, does he want to join his brother's division? I don't know. There's all these factors that we can't read into until we have him on the podcast next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's dressing up like JJ what? It ain't me. I can't. Uh, oh, of course late. it's you. Of course it's you. So, uh, yeah, Brad and I are going to dress up like JJ Watt. That would I'll show be up totally... next week. I'll be KJ Watt on my Peloton. The, yeah, I was going to say there was a report he had a Peloton this morning because he wrote like he, someone with his name wrote the teams they were going to go to. So, Sobo would, would be JJJ Watt. We've got to throw an extra <laughs> J on there. Fit at the I, jersey. We have a segment on I'm extra wattage. 
<laughs> I haven't told you guys. I also want to get my grandma on once in a while because she'll get going. She'll call me about that Brady guy. And oh man, it, 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 it gets borderline at times where I'm like, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to censor her, <laughs> but, but oh boy, it would be, no, it would, would be worth I, it. I would absolutely encourage your grandmother to swear on the podcast. That would, I'd find it delightful. That's true. Yeah. Same. Any uh, grievances? Well, I, I went off the rails last stuff. week. It's up to Any, you guys. You yeah, spent the day in the hospital I'm, during COVID. I just heard about J.J. Watt not going to Cleveland. And that fan-controlled football, that league that Josh Gordon signed with. Yeah, what really, is that? I don't really know about fans call plays in games and these teams are going to actually run the plays that the fans are calling. Oh, no way that ends badly. Johnny Manziel's in it too, right? Someone yeah. else, do you guys, I just discovered this this past week. Same. I didn't even know this damn thing existed. I had no idea. Like, oh, I didn't either well, until Josh Gordon signed with a team. <laughs> and then why are people so excited to watch Manziel play with Josh Gordon? It's just like... <laughs> you get to call you the play. Understand. It's the train wreck theory. iPad and I don't know. It's all going to be fly routes and triple double reverses. And I will never suggest... understand Johnny Manziel. I just won't. I can't. I can't wrap my head around him. I I never got him when he was at Texas A and M. I was not a fan. In fact, at that time, I was working as the NFL draft analyst for USA Today. And behind the scenes, I was known as man the Manziel hater. So I had to write about him all the time. That they forced me because they knew how much I hated it. At the very least, I will say that fan control football needs could market itself slightly better than it has based on the three of us having very, very limited knowledge of it and us consuming football all day, every day for our entire lives. My, my grievance is what the hell is Drew Brees doing? That's it. That's the grievance. What the, what's going on? I, I understand he can take his time. He has to free agency. Really, there's no difference in him doing it now or early or whatever it might be. Maybe he's already told the saints. I don't know. But this is this is pretty long for uh, considering that Jay Glazer practically reported his retirement on Super Bowl Sunday, and now here we are oh, a month was, later. It was even before that, wasn't it? Wasn't it the oh, morning it? of that Saints playoff game? Oh right, it was Glazer play- come out and said, "This is the final year for Breeze," and then which, the Saints which, turned around and lost that day. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, if you go back and look at that, and I watched that live, Glazer actually wasn't reporting it in a Glazer fashion. He was actually, it was more of a, his, he was saying, I think this is going to happen. And people kind of ran with that because his Glazer is a report. So maybe there's a little bit of uh, wiggle room there. But, uh, and now there's this, this new thing with this, his, his recent workouts um, being pretty intense. And like, is he, there's nothing financial here. That he's not going to get any money out of them by waiting unless he actually comes back entirely, in which case he's probably going to screw them over realistically because they don't have any money. Uh, it's, it does, does it bug you guys or is it just me being me? I just thought you were being upset by his finally quaffed newfound hair. <laughs> I like Drew Brees. Drew Brees has called me instantly to do a story one time when I reached out to him. He's he's a good dude. I like him. Yeah. I'm just wondering what the hell he's doing. That's no, it's I agree with you. Me. It's bugging me. Let's go back to Roethlisberger. Remember the year what was it two, three off seasons ago where he announced he was returning for another season. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? When no one knew you were even considering retirement. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I feel like at the moment. Yeah. Big, big Ben that brings, brings me back to that topic. Big Ben was supposed to retire like 17 years ago. Like remember when the first thing, like, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing. And everyone's like, wait, what? You're in your prime. And now here he is hanging on at 38, 39. And now Drew Brees is looking at coming back at 41. Like it's we're at 42 now. He's 42. Yeah, 42. You want to you want to talk about one of those hilarious moments where you find a source, a source that you never expected to, right? 
I took my family. Everyone knows Ben Roethlisberger's from Ohio, so he has a family in the area where I live, specifically an uncle. And I went bowling with my family one day, just being my normal self, to chatting people up, and start and discovered who he was. And and I asked him. It was around that time, and I said, "Well, is Ben legitimately thinking about retiring?" And he just burst out laughing. And I said, "What's so funny?" And he goes. Have you seen that contract? He's going to get every dime of it. Well, guess what, gentlemen? Here we are. He's got. He's getting every dime of that damn deal. I think if it weren't for the money, and this is the case with a lot of guys, I don't blame them for it. I'm not criticizing him. If not for the money, he walked away years ago. Probably. Well, yeah. But I mean, yeah. if I mean, once money, you a lot played, of us would, would be on you know, you've played six or seven years. You've won a Super Bowl or two. You've got more money than you're ever going to need. Clarification, he didn't win that first Super Bowl. He stunk. He was awful. He was terrible. His team won that Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger carried the 2005 Steelers to their to that Super Bowl victory. <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to rhyme. Not, I mean, it's not like I'm ever motivated to say something nice about Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> no, no, that to me that, so. that speaking of gripes, that that's one that really torques me off is the quarterback wins bullshit. Because in that situation is a great example of a, a the number one rushing tack in the NFL and a generational type defense take and by the way awful officiating getting you a Super Bowl instead of this young quarterback who yeah, eventually becomes fun. yeah he's thought, he, he becomes very very good he just wasn't thin but he gets ben, I thought for the it. officials won that Super Bowl for Pittsburgh okay. uh, Big Ben two thousand five Joe Flacco twenty twelve Peyton Manning. 2015, probably the three most non-quarterback driven championships of the 20th century. You didn't mention Trent Dilfer? Well, that was, I was looking like more in the last, more, more in, in my um, memory as the young to one his, on this. To his credit, Flacco played better in those playoffs for the Ravens oh, than did. Roethlisberger or Manning. Poor Raheem Moore. Years. Poor, poor Raheem Moore. Is he in one of these other leagues at this point? Because I think he played in both the Alliance of American Football and the XFL. Well, we'll have him on the pod with J.J. Watt next week, and we'll we'll find out what's up with him as well. J.J. J. Watt. Any parting shots? No, I drank my beer. I don't need any shots. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be we're gonna be only slightly more organized on episode <laughs> three next week when free agency will be. Oh. Oh, no, at that point we'll have franchise tag talk. That's gonna be wrapping up. It's, there's only so much you can do with that. We'll talk about it a little bit. At that point, I'll bet you there'll be 17 more trades consummated that can't actually be consummated until the middle of March. Maybe talk a bit about more about Ben Sable- or Brent Sebleski's pornography uh, career. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be just a lot more shit for another week, guys, because that's just what it is right now. Thanks for joining us. Make that's sure you a, subscribe. That's a pretty apt description for our show, frankly. It's just bunch of shit that's easy to make money to juju smith schuster smith schuster alcohol is much easier than porn